And we're back in the room. Action. I don't know. There's not much action, really. We just sit here. <laughs> At our age, we don't get <laughs> much Hell action. Hell no. Totally it's not, no. can't do any th- sort of expending of energy. No. There. Good morning, good <laughs> afternoon, good evening, and whatever good time day. of day you might find yourself yes, in. Indeed. Yes. Welcome to The Chorus hello, Podcast. Hello, hello. I'm Bruce. And I'm Stefan, and this is The Chorus Podcast. Which is already said. Yes. You already said that it was The Chorus Podcast. Well, I hope you're one of two things. Either you're <laughs> a regular listener... Yes. Or Hello, someone, yes, or you <laughs> are someone who has uh, been recommended to listen to our podcast, and you found us Probably in all the usual Matt. places. Yes, by Matt, um, you can find this podcast wherever you find podcasts. Tell people if there are podcasts there, there we will be, mm. and we will be called the chorus because if, this is the chorus podcast. If you host it, we will come, come there, <laughs> be there. Let us get it quick. Alrighty. This, this is episode 14 or 13, depending on... Yeah. Anyway, I think we're, we're in season two, because it's. I think our seasons are just going to run every year. So we started last <laughs> year, that was season one. Now we're in well, this year, season yeah, two. Yeah, something that, I was, that I'll, we'll talk about in the watching segment, um, I realized had, I, I realized I'd watched the wrong way around. Um, there are two seasons, but one has three episodes for Crying Out Loud, and one has four. That's not a season. It's like a... It's like an idea. I've seen now also on on Netflix the the smaller episodey ones will have part. Yes. So instead of you know season one episode one, it'll be season one part one, no, and there's Just, only four parts. Come on, not like the old days. Twenty three episodes a season, mm. all delivered in one go. Come on, wake up, do your job. Jane the Virgin's like that. It's like twenty three episodes, mm. each one's fifty minutes long, and there's seven seasons. Done. That's something that you can commit to. Exactly. There right. What should we start with today? Are we, are we watching? Are we, are we listening? Now, are we reading? Perhaps we should say that uh, last week we were uh, absent. Oh, yes. Yes. But um, we were up to things. We were busy with things. Yes, we I did was, things. I was cycling in game reserves, which was fun. But more importantly, <laughs> we were on the radio. Yes. So, our, why were we on the radio, Stephen? Our first co-written song was released last week, Friday. That is correct. What's it called, Stephen? Between the Lines. Ah. By the Van Dyke Parks Board, That's and us, by uh, the way. yeah, we had a little interview on Mix FM. Thank you, Ryan Flynn. Ryan it was Flynn. Lots of fun. We missed Craig Urbani. Next time we'll see you yes. there, Craig. But thank you very much for hosting us and for a so lovely interview. Fun. They did accuse us of being nice guys. Well, so never I, stick. yeah, I'm going to get a leather jacket and a motorbike and yes, start and we're really, being we're really rude having to the the whiskey in the morning. Mm. So that, you can't be that nice, surely. As is our want. Yes. So um, that was all fun and games, and um, we might even um, let our podcast. Listeners, hear a little bit yes, of our Yes, indeed. New song. I, think, I think we really should, if given we can that it's all sort of ours, really. Control Rosie. Yes. Yeah, we don't have to go to anyone for, for rights or. No. And, um, you know, all the yeah. money we're going to make yes. from it. Exactly. Well, you never know. Well, less, less than. You have a suspicion, but you mm. never know. Yeah, so that's uh, the Van Dyke Parks Board. Yeah. And the song is called Between the Lines. So do go and look for it on every streaming platform in the world yes and and also all the places now my parents uh, asked me for the song and I didn't quite know what to tell them because they don't have Apple Music Mm. or Spotify they're not set up for that yet so I think I'm going to have to go and visit them and play it live and no and (laughs) and put Spotify on a device of theirs and try to instruct them as to how to listen to the but just maybe if you can arrange it so that it only plays that song on a loop and then we will make some money 
Ooh, that's a good idea. You know what I'm saying? That's what parents are that's for. That's what parents supporting are Supporting you and blindly. Possibly just make it loop in the background while they're unaware. Yeah. What could possibly go wrong? Absolutely. Yeah. All We've of, had some all of the bandwidth in yeah. their area. We had some very kind <coughs> comments while we were on uh, live on the radio. Um, and um, yeah, so feedback so far? Feedback so far has been excellent, which is lovely. Um, and a lot of people enjoying the feel, which is a, actually a great comment because it's... Um, yeah, that's not something that you you can you can rec- recognize good technique or structure or an arrangement or something, but uh, feel is you know it's imbued. Hmm. It's not designed, so that's cool. I like that. Nice. Excuse us going on and on about our song, which we wrote as the which Van Dyke Fox it. It's called Between the Lines. Yes, fantastic. <laughs> right. Um, shall we start with something of a literary nature today? Ah, yes. Do you want to jump into what you've been what you've been reading? Right. So let's. We'll start um, sticking with music um, with a Mick Wall. He's, he's a music journalist. Uh, if you've read any, if you like music biographies, you know who Mick Wall is. He writes a lot of them, and he's a very, very good journalist, very experienced, uh, very well connected. Yeah. Um, and this one is called Prince Purple Rain. R e i g n, as in yes, little play on words there. So and like um, a monarch reigns. Yes. A prince, even, hmm. Stephen. Um, and clearly, it's about Prince, um, the late and, and lamented. And great. Uh, yes, very much so. It's an interesting one, though, because... Uh, Mick, Mick Wall's quite uh, prolific in terms of these sort of... Very much so, yeah. yeah. He's all over the it's place. Usually, I mean, let me good. see, check quickly if there is a list of... Uh, yeah, so Lemmy, Foo Fighters, uh, Doors, Lou Reed, Black Sabbath, ACDC, Metallica, Guns N' Roses, Twice... Hmm. Uh, Led Zepp. Uh, What's bon- his Guns N' Roses one called? Appetite for Destruction, and then there's a more recent one, uh, The Most Dangerous Band in the World. Oh, okay, I don't know. Ozzy Osbourne, really. Iron Maiden, Pearl Jam. You get the point. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of them. John Peel. Um, so, yeah. So, there, I mean, he really does know how to find out things and uh, how to phrase it, how to put them together in a, in, a, in a good and entertaining way, which makes this one quite interesting because... Prince was it's it's a smaller book for a start. It's mm. it's uh, you know, it's small format and it's only what is it? It's less than two hundred pages, um, and it doesn't tell you everything you want to know. Is is the sort of short review? Um, Why not? Because I think Prince was so secretive. I think he yeah. was just very he was just enigmatic. a very very interesting guy, um, and you know the honest part of the sort of portrait painted is that he was you know, quite very much in control of everything. Yeah. Um, he designed his image and his life and his output and everything um, massively prolific just still apparently uh, what, did, what did they say I think there's things. I think there's enough he does say it somewhere in here there's enough material to release an album a year for a hundred years wow. or something what? Um, something like that crazy um, that's just sort of unreleased and sitting there and but <laughs> The thing is, it because does it, yeah. does it give you any insight into why he was that kind of person? I mean, is there something about his early personal life that See, not, points not to really. It's just it's, there's not much detail. Um, there is, yeah, it does talk about his dad was also a musician. It does talk about okay. sort of yeah, what you'd expect in a biography, but it doesn't it doesn't get yeah. behind the curtain. I mean, to the extent that um, Mick is often Mick Wall, the author, is often quoting other writers. Yeah. 
from their interviews because right. he hasn't had access. And I think that's probably the difference here. Something like the uh, you know, Guns N' Roses, or you wrote a book on Axl Rose himself mm. as well, is that he has access to the person or the band for a year or two years yeah. or something. I think very few people had access to Prince. No, not at all. And and, and I wonder, I mean, you know that he, he had um, a massive, uh, very public spat with his record company mm. that led to all kinds yeah, of so stuff yeah. and him being very then controlling of his music. But I think he was controlling he was already, everything yeah. all, you know, way before that, right down to what he wore and um, how his band was and how what they wore, what yeah, they no, did, pretty much. everything, everything. So it's, it's, yeah, in that sense, it, it doesn't, you know, it, it kind of underlines the, the admiration that he was due for his incredible mus- musicianship. Yeah. Um, just beyond everybody in terms of what he was able to do. Um, but it doesn't... And I, th- I think this is, you know, this is why people like him have have such difficult headspaces. You know, why you have such uh, so many really, really famous people yeah. just running into a very dark place um, is because you know you can't you can't really understand what he's going through. Um, yeah, just didn't never stopped working incredibly hard on himself, incredibly hard on those around him. Two mm. marriages and untold relationships. Um, Untold, Un- yeah, pretty it, much. He doesn't yeah. tell Casanova you. also, but just yeah, untold in the lots of numbers since, um, and just also just contradictory elements to it. You know, a, a teetotaler. Um, yeah, and, wasn't and a, he? Uh, what mega was his million selling religious. He, he was Seventh Day Adventist, Seventh and, Day Adventist and, and then he became and then he Jehovah's converted Witness. to Jehovah's yeah. Witness. Yeah. Um, so yeah, sort of very committed in his way to to god but also committed in his way to sex hmm. um and and you know all sorts of other things and you would go well for most people these are, are contradictory hmm. uh elements but um for him so for him they weren't and you know again that's what he was just a fascinating man unfortunately purple rain the book doesn't as it were, color in enough of the, hmm. the you know the open spaces there. It doesn't it doesn't give you the kind of um, insight that I think you would hope for. Yeah. But it does again. It does underline that he was very much a, you know genius, which is not a word that should be bandied around too much. No, he was um, definitely. I believe it was two thousand and eight when he, in a sort of a comeback for him, did uh, fifty dates back to back at the O2 Arena in London. Yeah, I, I'm not sure if it was 50, but it was a large number. It yeah. was 50. And I went to... <laughs> was it? I went to number 48. Well, then you would know. Um, and saw him live at the O2 Arena, and it was unbelievable. He is a guitar player. Like, mm. at one point he said, <clears throat> someone just take this guitar away from me. I'm going to play it all night. Threw his guitar down, whatever. Sat down at the piano and did my favorite Prince song, which is Money Don't Matter Tonight on the piano okay. and just oh man it, it he incredible incredible incredible, incredible no, crazy music. crazy skills um and you just yeah you kind of do wonder if he had been i don't want to uh, yeah if he had been more of a conventional character um in the sense that yeah bruce springsteen has some mystery and uh, you know he's, he can be enigmatic on some levels but he's also an everyman and well, he's, I don't he's, know. Also, I think he's also accessible prince was never accessible 
But I think that, well, I don't know. I, I would question whether Bruce Springsteen is really accessible because I think that his everyman person, his accessible mm-hmm. persona is very much constructed. And I sure, understand okay. that it's it's more palatable, that mm-hmm. construction, but I think it's just as much a construction as this. Fair enough. But guy. it means that people kind of love him in a in normal, I love this guy. Right, kind right, of right. Sense. He's more extreme. Prince, absolutely. Prince was never a case of. No. Prince was, you know, you could have the, the screaming groupie kind of love, but it wasn't, it wasn't a case of, you know, I can go and hang out with this guy. There was never that sense. Yes. I had um, a friend um, in high school, early high school, who is since uh, an actor and, and uh, he's probably done all sorts of things, Greg Fulyun. I don't know if you know Greg Fulyun. Yes. Yeah. So uh, I was very good friends with him in early high school. He was a massive Prince fan. Okay. And this was around the time that Prince did the soundtrack to that first Batman movie yes, with yes, Michael yes, yeah, Keaton yeah. and Batman. And I just remember at that stage, um, Greg was very much into, into Prince and... Um, yeah, so I, you can, had that, again, a bit of a I think it can there. absolutely inspire devotion, and still does probably. And as you say, as a guitarist, hmm. just just a ridiculous. I mean, there's that famous what is it, George Harrison oh. uh, tribute? Yes, uh, go on YouTube while yeah. my guitar gently yes. weeps, and he's there with half of the. It's Tom um, Petty and George Lynn, uh, Jeff Lynn and all these people on yeah. stage, and then he sort of walks on and does a guitar solo that is enough and to make again, you cut that off your hands. Again, that is talked about in here. It, it, he didn't practice it. He didn't. They were like, "Cool, who's going to do it? Okay, Prince is going to do it. Where's it going to go? That that gap there. Let's let's see how it goes later." Um, yeah. And then and then he just did it live, off kind of off the cuff. Um, so yeah, yeah a, 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 an amazing man, still a little bit mysterious. Post book, which is you know. Take yeah. what you want from that. I mean, it's uh, if you if you're hoping for a potted history, that's not really it. Cool. Next. Nice. Um, dancing the death drill. Really? Um, <laughs> I've heard of a, a, a sailor's hornpipe dancing. What what is what does they do in Scotland? The the rill. Is there a rill? Do you dance a that rill? A trill? Familiar. A dance a trill? I don't know, dance a, a trill anyway. sounds like an Irish thing. How do you dance? How do you dance it? Oh, you tap in the morning. How do you dance a death drill? <laughs> Well, it's yeah. When you're, I think, I think originally, you know, it's it's in a different context in this book, but originally it's, it's something to do with uh, psyching yourself up, war in war terms, hmm. um, and and tribute to to those that have died or are dying. But in this 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 book is it's 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 kind of war drama, if you like. Um, South African author Fred Kamalo, mm-hmm. uh, who's done a lot of great stuff. For me, his his best book, if you if you want an introduction to Fred Kamalo, is a book called Bitches Brew, Ooh, which is excellent. Miles Go and Davis. check that out. Um, but this one, yeah, I think I think the, his I can't speak for him, but his interest point I think would have been around the real life uh, sinking of the SS Mendy, a ship oh, yes. carrying uh, black soldiers uh, to the front in World War One. Um, and and sank in the channel um, on the way to France and yeah great great loss of life mm. and obviously all the tragedy around that now he's, he's done one of these things which I love I love the kind of historical novel that that builds in a real life thing um, and here yeah we go right from uh, early I mean late 19th century you know and, and all uh, the, the hero Pizzo growing up and what all all that he went through, and he's he's a, a young coloured man, a, a poor father, and a, and a Sutu mother, hmm. um, and so yeah, and all of the the difficulties that come with that at the time. Um, so yeah, just a, a revisiting in a painful way of just you know how stupid our country has been, 
um, in so many ways, South Africa. Um, mm. But yes, just this this uh, it, it's kind of very filmic in that sense, cinematic. You know, in that that kind of you can you can picture the the different stages of the movie and the relationships uh, that are had, and you know the romances and so on and so on. Um, and goes from South Africa to to France. Um, starts and ends. I won't I won't do, do any spoilers, but starts and ends with with a the same sort of event, um, which is explained by all the stuff that happens in the okay. middle, um, and just that the tragedy of war in general, um, which is ugh, always brutal. It always kind of leaves me feeling heavy after considering it. Mm. Um, but more specifically, and possibly actually even worse because it's it's just it's everywhere all the time you don't need a war for it to come out uh the tragedy of of just prejudice on mm. a on a person-to-person basis and also the, the you know in the same person you have pizzo and 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 uh, you know somebody who is prejudiced against him for reasons other than you know having him having made an enemy of of someone okay um and then the beauty of a relationship where traditionally there would be prejudice and here there isn't hmm. and, and you can see this is what we could be like um, as a species so all of all of that happening um one thing i do i do have an issue sometimes just with with uh, fred's writing is uh, it's hard to explain in in that sort of in the the difference between a novel and and a film you'll often get a little bit of extra extrapolation in a in a book just yes. to set a scene or something and sometimes it feels like it's a little bit too much um, you're going cool. I get it. I didn't need, all right. You know, a description of that as well. Um, but other than that, it's just it's a lovely, rich story. Um, lots of, of of great characters, and as I say, it very filmic. It could be it could be a, a very cool film. It could be a very good film. Um, obviously, with all of the the period drama stuff, it could be could be very very entertaining. Um, okay. Yeah. So with with re dancing the death drill, Fred Kumalo. Um, so that's a local, a local one, published by Umutsi, which is a local imprint as well. Nice. Right, and then last one, just just for a little bit of fun. Just to um, throw so here's, your... Yeah, here's something we're pioneering. Prolific reading actually, in my face. No, I haven't actually read this yet. So this, ah, this is a live <laughs> review, which, oh. uh, which is terribly exciting. I think everybody listening has suddenly just leant forward. Right, page one. Yes, and it just was live... <laughs> <laughs> You're it was the winter of 1966. Yes. No, so this, this book is called The Little Book of Lager. A guy I feel like lager deserves a bigger book, but let's see. A guide to the world's most popular style of beer. Now, here's the thing, and also why I didn't really read it very much because I don't drink beer. What's your favorite iteration of beer? It's not because now we've got the what's the the Indian pale ale is the new Ooh, no, I, I can, IPA. I, if if I if I have to, and I don't, so mm-hmm. I don't. Okay, but um, it's probably uh, and I forget what it was called now, but a Pilsner, a, a Czech Pilsner. The Pilsner, so you like um, the Pilsner. What's just because, the South African because Pilsner? when we were there in in, in 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 the Czech, in the Czech, right? Um, then we we had Czech it made. there, and you know. But again, shandies and things. I just I've never liked the taste of beer. Yeah, it saved me probably uh, several million rand over the years. Hmm. I think a lager is um, just generally a really great. Um, like yardstick apparently if you look at all these craft beers and mm. whatever if you try their lager and it's good then you can kind of think okay they they know what they're oh, doing there's a company that knows what it's doing I, okay. I sort of now in my dotage that I've gotten to a certain <laughs> age find that um, I'll drink a cerveza like the, the Mexican like a Corona or something like okay, that I don't yeah, know yeah. why I feel that, that it's lighter on the like drinking a loaf of bread sort of scale of beer 
I'm also not a, a massive beer drinker. Yeast is the beast on that loaf of bread thing. Is it? I mean, okay. it, just back to the. It's a little little book a, of lager. little book of lager by Melissa Cole, and it's a beautiful little publication, hard nice hardcover, aesthetic. And it's got yeah, the the, the different beers that it deals deals with are illustrated, so not pictures, which is I find quite interesting because usually this kind of book photographs you would think would be yeah built around. You know, brand extension so that you could walk into a liquor store or yeah. a restaurant or whatever bar, you know, and say, I'd like one of those. I'm just, I'm picturing a barman holding this up, um, <laughs> trying to find what it is. It's got a green stripe. And, mm, um, yeah. But uh, just what I do like about these books, because I, I am fascinated by, fascinated by the culture behind uh, food and, and, and drinks. And so wine is lovely, chocolate, whatever, you know, where you go and you find out why different aspects of it matter. And the why it matters is, is more interesting than if it matters. Sure. Um, because people are just fascinated by it. And, you know, and so the cultural, like, across the world, how it's from, different. Yeah, and, and was it sure. founded 1,400 years ago and so on and so on. I mean, this this first one here is called Augustina Lagerbier Hell, hmm. which is, you know, a bit of a way to end it. Hell is But I wonder if, Augustine, if Augustina is, you know, was it founded, blah, blah, blah. Yes, here we go. They have been good at making this beer by now, having been founded in 1328. 1328? So yes. Holy moly. How do you keep it cold? It all better that time? be flipping good if it's been around yeah, since exactly. then. Drygate Bareface Lager. Hmm. Um, so, uh, what, I, yeah, what I love about these things is, is and again, I'm not a beer drinker, but if I was drinking whatever this is, maybe if it was whiskey, say, cheers. Cheers. Um, there you go. Then. Wonderful things with books like that. If you can, obviously, you know, bottles expensive. This, that, and the next thing. But you go and you, you know, you work your way through the book to some mm. degree. I have a book of bourbon that I'd like to work my way through. There we go. So that must that must be a, a goal that we, that we do. Um, but this is yeah, lovely. It it, it deals sure. with all of the different uh, lots of kinds German beers of beer in brown, black, is hmm. black lager. Chocolates. I don't know about that. Um, so lots, mushroom. lots to learn here. If you are a lager fan, it is a lovely book in the in the sense that we've just talked about. Go and um, I wonder how many of these we'd be able to get in locally in South Africa. I don't imagine you'd make Black-ish. much of a much of a de- dent in all of these. Probably not. Although we, it, it's getting better, we seem to be getting more imported. But the, yes, the also, also we are um, in things like like uh, Japanese whiskies and that kind of thing. You can you can find bits and pieces, and I imagine there will be. Um, Specialists who bring yeah, stuff in, sure. Just, uh, just a save up your money. Yeah, there's one here called "Against the Grain Bloody Show," hmm. which is interesting. It's and it's great with fried chicken, Kentucky style. That would be popular. Would popular you say here. against the grain or against the grain? See the one you have the a sound and the other. I don't know. I'm fascinated with words. Indeed, Hogsback Montezuma's chocolate lager. Mm. See a lot of these are just by for the name. Le trois mousquetaires stick out. Sure. Whatever that means. Um, so yes, fascinating little book and and beautifully made. Again, in publishing terms, which is for me is, nice is a big deal. and everything there. It's, it's very. Just, it's a beautiful. Oh, yeah. gluten free and alcohol free beer. Hmm. That just seems a waste of time. Um, Flying monkeys, twelve minutes to destiny. Sure. Now that's a good band name. Never mind beer. That also sounds. That that sounds like fighting words. Twelve minutes. What? Twelve minutes from when? When you start? When you finish? Um, hmm. I don't know. Country of origin, Canada. That sounds very aggressive for Canada. Yeah, those Canadians. Um, anyway, fascinating little book. Nice. Um, and that is our first live review, um, which I think we may be pioneering. Fine. Podcasts Good. that review books live. Are you trying to make a dent in your touring <laughs> Well, yes, that, but also, uh, what do I know about lager? So, Good. you've just found out that's about the sum of it. Nice. 
I have read one book since last we spoke. Um, I encountered Donna Tart when she gained quite a bit of um, buzz around her release, The Goldfinch, which I remember won something, the Booker or a sum or other prize. And I remember reading, I found a, a lovely... all our details here, yeah. L- lovely uh, first edition, sort of secondhand uh, hardcover of that book, The Goldfinch. And I, I read it and I really, really thoroughly enjoyed it. I know there's been a movie that was made of mm-hmm. it, which I haven't seen. But then I saw that she had an earlier book that was um, a bestseller, um, The Secret History, which I read the blurb on mm-hmm. and thought, this is my kind of book. And I've been looking for it for ages, and, and until um, recently, our friend and erstwhile uh, podcast guest, whose um, whiskey gift we are imbibing right now, <laughs> Bronwyn Williams. That is the longest introduction to her name ever. Anyway, uh, yes. Has given me, she had more than one copy, she gave, gave me sure. a coffee. Um so I read The Secret History by Donna Tartt, and I think it's one of my favorite books I've ever read. That's a hell of a um, thing to say. Even better than The Little Book of Lager by Melissa Cole. Well, I haven't read that, uh, to be fair. Um, I think it's to do with the um, subject of the book as much as anything else. It's set in a, in a university. It's a group of intellectuals. Um, most of them are very, very privileged. One of them is not, and he's an outsider, but he manages to crack the group. There's a particular professor that takes on this elite group of students, um, and then then it gets into sort of murder and intrigue and all sorts of things. Excellent. It's sort of, to me, like a, a mashup of, of Dead Poets Society and The Great Gatsby and uh, all kinds of things. Mm. Um it's really, really well written. Um, it appeals to me in terms of the academic setting because that's something that I've been in. Um, Have you wanted to kill people in such a setting? Well, I want to kill people regularly, okay. every day. Good, good. Um, but there's a difference between uh, intention and or what? and writing anyway, about. Yes, uh, you know, we don't um, know if this is yeah. a. So there's there's a murder that takes place and you're told that right up front and then you go into, you actually, you know, one of the main characters is murdered, which you get told straight away and then you go into this massive thing. and and like Cluedo reading. You learn, yeah, yeah, this character then plays a big part and you learn all about them. Um, And it is, it's very literary, but it's also very well paced and uh, it's like when I read Name of the Rose by Umberto Eco. Mm. Um, it's this incredible literary story and to do with semiotics and things, but then it's a detective story. Yeah. And this is brilliant, but it's also then couched in this murder mystery as mm-hmm. well, which I think is such a that kind of writing. I, I, and I haven't read this one, but yeah. that kind of writing where the writing is so rich mm. that you want to go back and reread the same paragraph, as opposed to need to go back because you're losing focus. Is, yeah. that, is, is it that kind of thing? It is definitely, and the and the dialogue uh, of the character, the characters are very very well developed and formed, and the way they speak is brilliant and. Um, it also keeps you guessing like you know some it's interesting like right in the beginning you mm. know someone is murdered and then it keeps you guessing as to how that mm-hmm. actually happens right the way through um and then what's the upshot of it and and the, the group and what the group dynamic of these people and uh, ideas of privilege and of um elitism around academia and intelligence mm-hmm. um yeah 
which is all those are all on their own tiny niches but they're all niches that most people would you know readers would be aware of that these these things exist even if you haven't been whatever a university student or a university teacher or something yeah. you you know people who who are or who know people so it's i like that kind of thing where it weaves into our reality those realities Absolutely. Uh, 1992 is when I think it was first written. I'm going to just read the... So it did take you a while to read. Th- well. Um, Under the influence of their charismatic classics professor, a group of clever eccentric misfits at an elite New England college discover a way of thinking and living. This is very influenced mm-hmm. by the Greeks and the Romans. That is a world away from the humdrum existence of their contemporaries. So they take on all these sort of moral... Okay ideas okay. from classics that I cannot you know, not see Stephen Fry starring in the film but when they go beyond <laughs> the boundaries of normal morality their lives change profoundly and forever so there's that idea as well of these okay, these Greek yes. philosophers who espoused a way of living that these guys now think oh yes this is this is an, uh, uh, a, a moral code that is mm. uh, superior to what we live in and but, but when they actually what's, what's interesting yeah. though is that Immediately, as you read that, you sort of you get this feeling of like, oh, it's kind of it's something that we should be a little bit suspicious of, and sort of a bit culty, mm. um, and yet every way of life everywhere has started like that. Of course, capitalism wasn't a thing, and democracy wasn't a thing, and what it, until it was. Um, so yeah, it's very that sounds fantastic. So this goes into my uh, favorites, my sort I didn't of short have an list of favorites. Enormous reading pile. I'd ask to borrow that. So yeah. I'm not going to. But one one, one day, day, one, day. one it, day, it's fantastic. I highly recommend the Secret History by Donna Tart. Excellent, lovely. Shall we do some listening now? Shall we? And shall we do some live listening? Mm. Fantastic. So that people can't get away from our song, which is called "Between the Lines" by the Van Dyke Parks Board, which is us. So we uh, thought we may have mentioned that. We might actually play it. I need I need some words because I'm terrible at lyrics. All right. So what we're going to do right now is debut a live version <coughs> of Between the Lines right now, right in front of you. Right in front of your face. Unrehearsed. And your ears, yes. We'll probably which you'll probably notice. Um, but there we go. Cool. Shall so we try ready, it? Ready, ready when you are. Here, Here we, we go. go. Now it's late and I'm turning the page for you as the story goes on Still so tired and I'm asking myself where the courage has gone And I know that it's not like it was when we started moving slow take your hand take a step hello join the cast in the story of my life now intertwined our lives put out on the page between And we gather the threads to see how this chapter will end Sometimes we've wandered, of course 
So much we didn't intend Now I know Where we want to be found When we get there Even so Where we are is the goal Here we go Join the cast in the story enjoyed it so that's compared to important. our talking so if uh, the mics were distorting and well you just realize the the liveness budget nature of our show and it's live though so and it hmm. was cool and that was fun so there's that so there you are there's our new song between the lines oh, the hope, van dyke parks board do you enjoy please that. go and and well if you liked it i suppose but even if you didn't just go and download it anyway Exactly. I don't know. Why, why would people do that? That's a silly thing to say. But uh, do go and have a look on the Spotify and the Apple Music and the Tidal and the Deezer Indeed. and the Amazon and wherever. Um, it's fantastic. And the I was I, sometimes I've just gone and looked just for interest sake, just see what these platforms are. Yeah. And I found myself some songs on a, a, an Indian platform okay. with a billion listeners. My goodness. I know. I have. I'm fairly sure that nobody's ever looked me up on there, but potentially India, a billion listeners, China. Those Good are the places gracious. we need to. That's not. That's not terrible. Get involved. Um, if you're listening in India, yes, thank you, sir. Please do get on with that. Anyway, or, in, or indeed, ma'am. Yes, indeed, ma'am. Thank you, sir, ma'am. I don't know what I'm talking about. Speaking of music, what have you been listening to? I can tell you what I've been listening to. Tell me what you've been listening to. Uh, so I've, for some reason, gotten into a little bit of a female vocalist kick Ooh. of late. I've given Phoebe Bridges um, a yes. listen, and so I've what do you think? tried desperately to like it, and haven't quite succeeded yet. I'm with you there. It's one of the, she's one of those. This is the latest and greatest thing in the whole world ever. 
and if you don't like it, you're an idiot, which makes me an idiot. Uh, no, it's, uh, it's not that I don't like it. It's that I'm not blown away. Well, I, I think the, the uh, I don't know, the aesthetic is brilliant. I mean, I think she sings beautifully. Her, her vibe and her image and the the feel of the songs and the instrumentation all is fantastic i i don't know i just haven't connected with her um maybe i'm too old maybe it's for me there's there's not there's nothing in particular that's different which is not necessarily a bad thing because i mean we just sang a, a fairly uh, in in terms well, of well yeah of, lest we j- no, take no, no, the no, log no, out of our no, but what, what i'm saying is uh, for yes but Again, we we we're not getting invited to plan Saturday Night Live, mm. so trying to I'm destroy a really, electro guitar. Some, but sometimes there, yeah, that was quite funny. But sometimes succeed. there are, yeah, just hype aspects to hype that I don't understand. Put it that way. So like a Taylor Swift or whatever. Yes. Great deal of hype, but the, you listen to the songwriting and you can't not like it. And you can't not, and you can you can see that you know, Ryan yeah. Adams will do a whole album of co- of cover version. You know, he'll cover a whole album and release it as a phenomenal songwriter himself. And you start. And you look into it and you see there's all of this. Yeah. Again, I haven't listened to a hell of a lot of Phoebe Bridges yet, but I can't see that. Maybe that's what I'm getting at. I can't see what the defining yeah. hype factor yeah. is. I think the world is big enough uh, for all sorts of artists to exist, and she certainly would, she for exists. me, falls in the, the alternative category, which is great. Yeah. But, but now she's being through the hype, I think what you're saying. Um, she's now being forced into this mega sort of bigger spotlight which I don't know maybe it's time that alternative artists who aren't as song driven mm. well I mean Billie Eilish is maybe you know she's more alternative to me she's the the, the music is the music is very different Phoebe mm. Bridges is, is sort of sounds like a lot of people yeah okay other people yeah, Billie Eilish enough. doesn't um, so but but I hear you it's it's all in that sphere and frankly again if we've got new high-profile people coming through and I mean, they're becoming high profile. That's great. We need to replace and replenish and And, and it's and real challenge. music, it's guitars, yeah. there's instrumentation. So I am all for, all that. for that. Yes. The other thing I've been listening to, I watched a TV show that ended with a song. And I loved the song so much that I Googled it. And it was Casey Musgraves. Oh, and fantastic. the song was Rainbow. Yeah. And it reminded me, in terms of the songwriting, of like a Carole King kind <gasps> of thing. It's like someone that could sit down at a piano and just put Somewhere these... Somewhere Casey has just smiled, I imagine put these chords together and these melodies that are just for me like hit me hard so she's a young um artist who uh, really is a uh, found success in the country market yeah very much success. but she's very um pop oriented yeah. in terms of the country side of it or maybe modern country i don't know but uh, the album i've listened to is golden hour which is her most recent the song is called rainbow that i loved so much it closes the album um the opening track, Slow Burn, is also in the, very much in the same vein as that. And I think she is incredible. She's a business. She's very, very good. So I, um, yeah, I yeah, found that to undermine incredible. my previous argument there, it's just, again, if you see her just on a stage with a guitar or whatever, it is, it's it's normal music. But there is a different quality to it, which, you know, I think you sort of you hinted at there, is that, and maybe it's just a combination of her voice and the, yeah, you because know, she's got great hooks. So yes, it's something that absolutely. you know you go up with your voice doing a certain thing. Uh, it doesn't matter what you're saying, and it doesn't matter about the the technicality of it. It's, there's an emotive response, and maybe that's what I'm missing with Phoebe Bridges. Maybe. Um, yes. Whereas here, I, I do get it. Yeah. It may have more to do with us than them. Um, it's my fault. 
the other thing with Casey Musgraves listening to the album, it struck me that, and it was refreshing to me that I, that there was to my ears. I don't know. Maybe I need to listen more carefully, but there seemed to be zero auto tune in her vocal. Hallelujah. Like I could hear her voice, and there were times where I was like, "Oh, I don't know if that was." like perfect and then i thought no it doesn't it shouldn't be perfect it's actually a real person singing but yeah also i mean if you listen to paul mccartney sing for the last what yeah 45 years Absolutely. nothing's been perfect but he's, he's paul mccartney yeah. for crying so out. so i think uh, her voice is a little bit um uh fragile at times not fragile like she's brilliant but it's not perfect perfect mm-hmm. perfect which i think no, is great. I, I hear you it's not a uh, like a sarah borella's voice yeah is it's just there's again there, there are also times when and because she's so good when she's great you like you, when yeah. you hear the, the glitches you kind of oh wait there's a human there exactly and the other thing that i've listened to is hayley williams the singer mm. f- uh, g- gained fame paramore. with paramore has a new solo album called flowers for vases or vases depending where you're from um which is a very low-key um intimate album mm. often for a lot of the album it's her voice and a guitar or a piano for most of the song Budget, and then a, well no, uh, <laughs> no and then I'm a kidding. little some little instrumentation in the background uh, later on the recording is unbelievable mm. even when it's just her voice it sounds so full oh, like man. the full That's frequency magic. range just a voice and then maybe a guitar and, and you don't miss anything like all the bass is there all the tops are there all like it's really 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 you know well recorded uh, I don't know I didn't look okay but she is an incredible singer. Mm. I don't think there's any autotune here, but you wouldn't know it because she mm. is. And I remember in 2006, 2005, um, I was looking to go to London with my band and I needed to get a holiday visa and I needed to get it and enter the country before my 35th birthday. And in order to do that, I wanted to leave the next year to go with my band, but I was turning 35 in May, so I had to push it i had to go mm. over for a little holiday in order to let my visa qualify before i left the next year so i made a trip out of it and i went to see the give it a name festival which was being held in earl's court in london i'd never heard of paramore and i think they were the opener of the whole festival playing mm. at like three in the afternoon or something so my chemical romance um uh, under oath billy talent lots of great mm-hmm. bands that were amazing but she came on with her band they were a new band they were trying hard so they were all dressed the Youngsters. same and yeah so yeah when under oath came on they looked like they'd been on the road for a year they yeah. all had like ripped clothes and beards and they just but these guys were like the new yeah like band that was trying hard and from the moment she opened her mouth in in a massive echoey warehouse warehouse sort of setting she was pitch perfect and i was just like what it sounded like mm. a recording like a recording she She's, can sing yeah i was, so I was well. reading uh, i read a feature recently about uh, the, the most recent paramore album and, okay. and just how how highly rated she is crazy which, which is quite hard on the rest of paramore which has sort of changed around her yeah i think the there's there's maybe two or three guys from the original yeah so i know one of the main one of them went guys away and left, came yeah. back yeah. um but the point is it's kind of it's tough for them. She's not, she, and she is. Again, the, one of the the parts of the the uh, feature was that she's kind of holding herself back by being loyal to them, because yeah, she, she could is, be a massive, she is massively solo rated, star. Yeah, yeah. Um, but she's not. She's not willing to walk away. When I went to Las Vegas for a friend's birthday, I think in twenty thirteen, um, 
he knew knew uh, he's he's sort of toured with bands in America and was very connected. And we got a free VIP pass to see Paramore at uh, the venue in Vegas and actually managed to pop onto their tour bus beforehand oh, wow. and hang out with the sound crew and met a lot of the guys. That was great. So I saw her with Paramore as well, and she was fantastic um, there as well. But nothing hit me quite as hard as that first show that I yeah. saw of theirs, and I was like, who is this band, Paramore? That's fantastic. So very good. Uh, I recommend the album. It's a slow uh, burn. Uh, there aren't really... Um, hits i don't think there's one track called my limb the second track which has got this unusual little hook mm. where she just repeats my limb my limb my limb my limb and all these little uh, vocal thing is and that's i think <laughs> the most um hook hooky kind of song in the whole batch batch the rest of them batch. are quite um quite intimate and emotional uh, very different from from paramore sort of stuff and it's very good i, I recommend that Excellent. Haley williams flowers Excellent. for vases Descansos. Descansos <laughs> is the other part of the title of the track uh, album. That's just confusing. Very good. That's Second what I've poem. been uh, listening to of late. Lovely, lovely. So I've been listening to um, new uh, discovery for me. That he's been around a little bit. A guy called Pat Barrett. Pat Barrett. Pat I like Barrett. the name. Sounds like oh, Pat Barrett. Not Garrett. Not the Billy the Kid guy. Who's the guy from Wilco? Is that not Pat Barrett? That might be a Pat Barrett. This is not him. This is a youngster, uh, Atlanta, Atlanta-based guy, worship leader, uh, singer-songwriter. Hmm. And why he pops out for me, this album, the, the album I was listening to, which I think is 2016, 2017, it's just, it's eponymous, Pat Barrett by Pat Barrett. Um, but it leaps out because in the worship or contemporary Christian music market, yes, part of the, which doesn't happen in other markets, part of the formula for success is to sound sort of similar because of the need to make your music congregationally friendly. Most of the time, yes. you want at least some of your music to be able to sit comfortably in a room full of people in a church where most of them aren't musicians. Yeah. And they can they so can you need understand melodies that exactly. people can they can, can understand follow. the hook. They can it's in a key which, right. which they can manage all of that kind of stuff. Which sometimes often undermines sometimes the skill often, of, you say. sometimes often undermines the the kind of skill of a musician and the the potential of a musician in that they yeah uh, yes i hear you no no i mean Uh, i'm gonna say it's a skill uh, to do that but i hear what you're saying they Um, could be doing all these you know very eclectic and amazing um so pat barrett is a guy who's written with chris tomlin who's just one of the biggest names in that market he's also the first signing to chris tomlin's uh own own label which is under columbia um but just columbia i think that's uh venezuela no (laughs) Something like that. Um, he's just this proper musician. Is 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 the only way I can say it. It's just if he if he went and sat in a room with anybody, you know, from uh, from Haley Williams to Springsteen to Lady Gaga, Lady Gaga to Billy Joel for crying out loud, which okay. is about as 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 high praise as Billy I can give you. Um, he would out loud. he would just manage. Yeah, he would pick up his guitar, he would sing his song, and people would go. Wow, there's okay. proper talent there. So if if you are aware of, of names in the in the Christian side of the, of the industry, that kind of thing, um, I think the last time I was this excited about a new artist or solo artist was a guy called Leland Moering, which is probably eight or ten years ago. Hmm. Uh, there just for me hasn't been somebody with this kind of genuine 
world-class songwriting and performance, but the songwriting is obviously very super important uh, skill. And again, like you were saying, with this, just the emptiness of, of the Haley Williams album and the and the how much it fills. The guy called Ed Cash, who's a very well-known uh, producer at the side of the market, but the production on this album is beautiful. Hmm. Um, it's just one of those immersive. You you listen to the whole thing, and then if you've got wow. the time, you just press go again and you listen to the whole thing there's no there's no filler um what's the album called i'm gonna pat add barrett. it to my pat barrett by pat barrett two r's two t's but not in pat anyway no. um it's ah oh, beautiful beautiful crafted music um and if from a uh, you know you don't have to be a christian to listen to it if you are a christian it's beautiful and, and wonderful and edifying in that sense as well he's got a new album coming out on the 26th there we go good man um, but just a wonderful, wonderful musician. So Pat Barrett, check him out and check out whatever he's got. But uh, that that f- first album particularly, his new album is called Act Justly, Love Mercy, Walk Humbly. Excellent. Due on the twenty sixth of Feb. I there will are a few tracks. Loaded tracks up. have already been nice. The other thing I've been listening to, which is fascinating for me, um, just on Spotify, I tend to I, I listen to a whole bunch of people, and then it gets you know it, it gets my number, so it fix, hooks me up with a bunch of other people, mm. and then I, I like to listen to the radio, whatever you know. So you hear whatever. Uh, um, what do you say? James Taylor Radio. Oh right, 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 It puts together a whole bunch of, of similar artists. The and AI, stuff, so, which etc. one day we will serve. Exactly. As it's but in, in this sense, I'm happy to do that. But what comes up there because of of it. Like knowing that you like a certain sound, it starts giving you cover versions um, among hmm. all of the other things. Interesting. And I'm, I've been fascinated by some by cover versions that I'm hearing, and some absolutely wonderful, wonderful stuff. Because um, I'm I'm a huge fan. as a songwriter, I'm a huge fan of a great cover version. Um, my top song in the world at the moment is probably Sarah Bareilles' version of Yellow Brick Road, huh. um, which is just mind blowingly good. Mind blowingly good. Go and look out for that. Um, but some stuff I've, I've listened to recently on upon the Spotify, um, Damon it. Rice does a version of Chandelier. Damien? Yeah. Damon. Damien. 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 Damien Rice. Yes, Chandelier, you say, yes. by... Uh, Sia. Huh. Um, huh. You know, you, yes, 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 that one. But he does it in his incredibly low-key... Yes. Um, Emotionally wrought. Yes, and it works. I mean, her, hers is just yes, almost big, overwrought. Yeah. Um, and I think it's a phenomenal song. Underwrought. Man, it's a, it, his, his is underwrought. Uh, it's very, very, very beautiful um, and, and kind of slow and, and open and meaningful. Um, 500 Miles, I'm going to be 500 Miles mm, also. The overwrought. No, the Proclaimers. proclaimers. Um, this is the version here is by a, a woman who I've actually interviewed, uh, sort of folky muso, J.J. Heller, who's very sort of soft-spoken, sweet lady, hmm. lovely, lovely woman. But... It, Lovely again. This this it's it's kind of pulled back and given a whole new feel, and because of the message of the song, which when you hear the Proclaimers version, it's kind of a party stomp 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 yes, thing. Yes, yes, yes. Here yes. it's just this. You know, I'm gonna be five hundred. You know, it's sad oh. and it's meaningful and it's oh, it's beautiful. Uh, jealous guy. Yes. I'm just a jealous guy by, the, by the Black Crows. Oh, oh. And it does stomp. Man, it's cool. Wow, interesting. It's very very cool. Here's one that you're going to tell me it just can't work and it's wrong. Brandy Carlisle, Black Hole Sun. Yeah, but she can do anything. Damn it, it's a great version. It's huge. There is a woman, uh, Jessica something or other, uh, ja- like a jazzy inflected vocalist yeah. who does a version of Black Hole Sun that is in like a like a 
five eight yes, time I've signature. That. I can't remember who it is now, but I have. That's it. Yeah. really weird and super cool. This is okay. kind of six and a half minutes long. Oh, wow! And it it is Zeppelin massive. Oh great! It is wow! Oh, it's a it's She's so fantastic. so cool. Now Brandy Brandy can do anything. Check that out. Brandy can. Um, Sean Colvin, who's one of my favorite oh, musicians ever. Amazing. Sunny came home. Uh, tougher than the rest. So the Springsteen oh, tune. Oh come and on! It's beautiful. Oh, it's You're beautiful. Ticking Man. all the boxes this morning. James Taylor over the rainbow. Lovely. James Taylor. Lovely. If James Taylor farts, I'll buy it. I'd like to uh, hear the the, vo- the vocal. <laughs> Theoretically. <laughs> now, JamesTaylor.com. <laughs> buy a can of James Taylor fart. Um, I'd love to hear the the guitar arrangement on that. Well, what's interesting is because you're expecting Eric Clapton does a great one. You're immediately expecting the somewhere, and yeah. he does what, and I don't know if it's originally part of the song or if he's written it in. But there's a whole minute and a half or two minutes of something of pre that. Huh. So you kind of you see the name and you're going, oh, that's going to sound lovely because of his tone and yeah, his yeah. voice, and, blah. and then he's singing this other stuff. So when it kicks in with the the hook, the somewhere, you're like, oh my word, that's fantastic. And then one which I think you will like very, very much, Black Star, the Radiohead tune. Yes. By Gillian Welch. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's lovely. Amazing. That is that is fantastic. So very nice. Do, do go and look for Who look knew? for cover versions because, again, I think they get such a bad rap correctly. Well, they, yeah, there's nothing worse than a bad when cover. When it's done badly. But go and look for people, maybe... Do it this way. Go and look for artists who do good cover versions, hmm. and these are a lot of them. So, oh man, that's a, that was a lot of fun. Interesting. Interesting. Very nice. Well, as we approach the hour mark, maybe we can wrap up with things we've been maybe watching. Maybe just one thing, so we don't waffle on for too long. Okay, I'll do. Crack well, on. Uh, oh, I've got two things. Ah, I'll uh, do it then. The okay. Hours. So there's a show on Netflix that came out a while back that was supposed to be quite popular, and I, I thought I'd get to it, and I finally got to it. It's called Teenage Bounty Hunters. Mm. Um, there's an EP or a producer, Genji Kohan, who did uh, Weeds and uh, um, Orange is the New Black, but it's the Kath- Kathleen Jordan, I think, is the lady who's written directed this. Okay. It's uh, very, very interesting in that it's very progressive mm-hmm. uh, particularly in its handling of sexuality so it's uh, t- twin girls who are teenagers who are in a very religious um, upbringing their parents very christian and church going folk they're in a christian school and they are now dealing with their own uh, blossoming sexuality and it, it it's uh, quite uh, decisive the writing in its terms of wanting to portray very very healthy attitudes towards sexuality um so i think it does that um very very well um i personally don't know at what point i would let my daughter watch i was gonna it say in terms I, of uh, how does that tie into you? i think it's more um sort of uh what I think there are many adults who would benefit from mm. from seeing these attitudes, healthy um, attitudes towards sexuality in a more adult context. But the story is actually super stonking. They stumble into, stonking. into being these bounty hunters. They start working with this bounty hunter um, through, through accidental circumstance. Which is less healthy. <clears throat> but then there's all this intrigue around... Um, um, sort of secrets that get revealed about their family as they go. So, uh, just in terms of storytelling, it's very, very good. I, you know, I sort of see the the parallels in in Orange Is the New Black and Weeds, where you get very, very normal in inverted commas people who suddenly find themselves in this um, uh, sort of criminal world and yeah. then are, are now 
forced into circumstances they never would have imagined and I have to deal with them. So there's that element to it now. Of course, now it's gone from adult show to sort of teenage teenage things, which I think is the way the world is going. Teenagers are now dealing with things that adults dealt yes. with 20 years ago. <clears throat> um, so I would caution letting even your teenage teenagers watch it. Uh, maybe you need to decide for yourself. But I think it is positive... Um, that sexuality is dealt with in a very progressive and and um, healthy way, uh, depending on your attitudes towards sexuality. Um, but clearly, uh, well, I haven't seen it yet. But I mean, it's clearly it's making you think in a certain way. And uh, I think anything that that provokes yeah, a discussion, absolutely, a healthy discussion, whether you believe the values are healthy or not, but at least you're talking about yes. It. And sexuality in a religious context is also very, very context is also very interesting. And even mm. if you are very religious and have very sort of set views towards sexuality, and you would watch this, you you may very well disagree with some of the things. But I also think that it's very healthy in a sense for you to think about yes, your yeah. attitudes towards sexuality and your religious attitudes. And certainly, how you treat other people. Anyway, it's 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 fun, and the dialogue is very um, sharp, and and the teenagers are presented really like Gilmore Girls kind of snappy repartee, okay. and it, it's I I think I enjoyed it, and um, there's a big cliffhanger at the end of season one. So it's we'll, a lovely Gilmore Girls snapping there, I like it. <laughs> anyway, the <laughs> other thing that I've watched um, this weekend, which is a new movie to um, Netflix is News of the World starring Tom Hanks. Have you got that on my list as well? So let me say my take, and then you can give me Mm. your take. Um, It's presented as kind of almost a a little bit of a heartwarming tale where he's this older guy who travels around the old Western America uh, reading the news Mm. to these small towns. So he has all these... Nobody's literate, so yeah. Yeah, exactly. All these uh, small towns, and he brings this pack of newspapers with him. I love that. It's theater as well. And he comes across uh, this um, young girl whose family had been killed by a, a, a Native American tribe who then she'd been taken in by these and she'd grown up now she's been taken away and he's trying to take her back to aunts and uncles relatives of hers and he now needs to decide um, is he going to take on this responsibility because apparently it's three months before she'll actually be able to be reunited with them and so it's this travel through very dangerous pioneer country in america and his relationship with this young girl and and what 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 um it's shot very well um it's sort of gripping and heartwarming um interesting thing for me watching the movie and i did enjoy it it's two two hours long and i i I, um didn't find my interest flagging or my attention and i i like the movie tom hanks for me and it's the first time this has happened to me watching a movie and I don't know why it is. So I have been, for someone who's quite educated in terms of um, film and mm. literature, thankfully, and music, I have been able to switch off the analytical part of my brain yeah, yeah. in order to listen and watch for pleasure. Yeah. Um, and I've always been able to do that, even though I'm aware of and can appreciate, for instance, in a novel the the narrative voice that's been chosen and the framing of the and the clever i've always been able to sort of switch that off and just read for enjoyment i found myself and i don't know if it's to do with the ubiquitousness of tom hanks as an actor but i kept on finding myself going oh look at the choices acting choices that tom Tom hanks Hanks is is making making throughout this movie i could not (laughs) 
stop seeing Tom Hanks being a good actor. Yeah. So it's like, oh, look, he's doing this thing with the eyeglass and in the poor light. And uh, and I kept on seeing Tom Hanks. And, okay. and, uh, and, and you know, the actor puts themselves in... So you can see Brad Pitt playing 14 different characters and you willingly suspend mm. your disbelief in order to buy into the thing but I for the first time in a long time but I, I found myself perhaps what that happens going. with this particular film A it's Tom Hanks who's yeah. probably exactly. top, top three most famous actors in the world yeah. so there's that but also this particular film he's almost never off screen pretty yes. much yeah. so I think it might it might be that the factor of that um, and the fact you know just in, in other cultural terms you know he, he was perhaps the most you know the first really famous person to get COVID and da, da, da. Oh, right. you know all, just he's, he's, he's in he's always in the mindset I think it is a, another fantastic performance um, yeah he's very good something else I'm going oh yeah. look how, how good Tom Hanks is something else that got because I haven't I haven't seen a western for a while um, and it is a western um, I just noticed because the character is is, is a peace loving mellow kind of guy yeah yeah he's, he's knowledgeable and he's, 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 yeah, he's smart but, yes. but he's not looking for trouble and I just I just noted how incredibly hard, harsh yes. life was. Yeah. Um, you know, just apart from comfort and that kind of stuff, you know, just everything. It was always dark. The man's job is reading, and you know, it's always dark because there's no power and so on and so on. Until the last scene, where suddenly, for some reason, he's no longer <laughs> reading in the dark rain, but in a lovely daylight. <laughs> yeah, very clever happy, how happy. they. Yeah. But 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 also, it's just uh, again, there's there's a, there's a civil war related angle to it. Yes, so, so, absolutely. You know, uh, there's also other pressures That's and political pressures yeah. and. And violence pressures, but you know, basically, this—if this guy wants to do that, and he's got a gun, he might try to do that with his gun, and so on and so on. Mm. Ah, and you just—it's just so hard. And then also, you know, blooming weather will do something and ruin your day, and this attitude will ruin your day, and politics there it's will very, ruin your very day. Harsh life. It just sucked, really. Um, so yeah, it's it, and it is through all of that. Um, it's again. It's there's there's, some, there's many aspects of it which you couldn't watch with a younger child, but it is it is a fairly wholesome yeah. kind of uh, storytelling. Um, and I think yeah, I think a really well made movie. I was in, interested also because going back to the not being able to take Tom out of it angle. I think it's made by Netflix and distributed by Universal or the other way around. All right. Um, but it's it's just a new way of making a big movie with a big star because hmm. it's not a cheap movie. Yeah. Um, so it's. I think I think there's an interesting there. A lot of a lot of Netflix stuff is made in a TV way. Yes. If that makes sense. Yes, this yes, this yes, is made yes. in an old Hollywood way. Yeah. The it's, score is it was yeah. beautiful as well. Incredible. Very very. So lots good. of big stuff there. Let me let me chuck in one more, and we'll hold off some stuff for next week. Okay. Uh, over on the Showmax, um, is a, a comedy series called I'm Sorry. Um, now it's built around. It's sort of a one woman. Well, she's she's a comedian and a woman called Andrea Savage. Okay. I'm not sure if it's Andrea or Andrea or whatever, but Andrea Savage, screamingly funny. Ah. Um, and oh, filthy, dirty, hot, okay. you know, sort of like a, a sort of Veep, but without politics. Okay. Um, so there's just this very, very dark, um, dark, dark humor. But in this case, it's not politics. She's a she's a, a comedy writer, so based on her life, she's a comedy writer. She's and a wife and a mom. Um, and sort of seems confident in, you know, she's, I mean, she's a very smart woman, a very beautiful woman, all this kind of has that, but also has all these neuroses as normal people do. 
and that's the the core of of, of the writing and of the gags is They're that good. some one or other of these neuroses will cause her to do something stupid. You know, she'll tell a lie to you know be cooler or whatever at the school drop off or something and then have to spend the rest of the episode holding holding up the lie and so on and so on um tom everett scott i don't know if you can picture who he is i haven't seen him for a while but this lovely tall gangly sweet guy okay um so this beautiful foil because she's she's this potty mouth extrovert and he's not um but they make this wonderful sort of yelling sort of thing great um and just as i say just throughout uh, I can't remember how many episodes there are. I think there's three seasons. Um, very, very funny. Um, and as, as I say, if you, if you kind of like Julia Louis Dreyfus, uh, Louis, 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 that one, Julia Louis Dreyfus, even, mm-hmm. and and, Veep, and that, that kind of pacing and that kind of smartness, but also that kind of there, there is very much an adult tilt to it. Um, as Larry David says, Julia, Julia, <laughs> Julia, Julia. Um, I'm sorry. Uh, so it's on, it's on show Max. Oh, right, right, right. Andrea Savage also go and look out, look out for her upon upon the comedies okay. and wherever else you you upon watch. It. Very very funny. Lovely. Check it out. Cool. Let's leave it there for now. I think. Right. I am also t- looking to the future. Reading Utopia Avenue by yes. David Mitchell. Who we had the interview, and I am loving it. So loving it. Right, Excellent. friends, gentle hearts, dear friends and gentle hearts, thank you so much for listening to another episode. Please spread the word on all the platforms. Leave a comment. Apparently, that's quite good for us in terms of our algorithms. Uh, review yes. us, spread the word, tell the people. Um, if you know anyone who has a podcast, tell them about our podcast. Indeed. Let them big us up, yo. Yo. Um, and if you are interesting, do give us a shout also about coming, coming along and, and joining us for an episode. If you're not, please don't. Fantastic. Uh, that would be awkward. Um, but yeah, do do you give us a shout? Uh, you can do that at uh, the pod, the chorus. What is it called? The chorus podcast the por- at gmail. The, por- the, gma- <laughs> the chorus podcast. <laughs> the chorus podcast at gmail.com. Yeah, send us an email. Or the chorus nine, the number on the, on the Twitter. Twitter, and you can just um, and on all the platforms where you're yeah, watching and leave and your little watching, comments, listening even. Uh, please do comment. We'd love to to get some feedback. Thanks, man. Fantastic. I'm going to go for a run now, and I'm going to listen to a podcast as I do so. I'm not going to go for a run. I'm going to go and work. Bye. Right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.